church online. It's the first Sunday of December. Christmas is only 19 days away. Can you believe it? My name is Christine and I'll be your online host for today. If this is your first time tuning in, we would love to welcome you. Please text new to 604-285-5770 and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. And attention all parents, don't forget to visit mythrive.info slash thrivekids so you can download the kids activity for today and follow along during our kids Zoom classes from 1045 to 1115am. Our teachers are just so excited to meet with the kids and there will be kids worship, a lesson and games. So come join us. Do you have your Christmas tree up already? Because I sure do. I love Christmas. Which brings me to wonder, do you prefer to have a real or fake Christmas tree in your home? Earlier, I was speaking with our director and I'll tell you a little secret. He doesn't really like spiders, so that's why he doesn't really like real Christmas trees. But I love real Christmas trees. The smell of pine in your home is just so lovely. Now, your turn. Share in the chat room or turn to the person next to you and tell them if you prefer a real or fake Christmas tree. We would love to see you tuning in to Thrive Church Online. So take a selfie of yourself tuning in to Thrive Church Online and post it on all of your social media platforms. And be sure to tag us at hashtag Thrive Church Online so we can see all of your lovely faces. Now, have your morning beverage ready and buckle up for today's message. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and I'm so excited to welcome you to an awesome Sunday here at Thrive Church Online. If this is your first time here, you are our VIP. We especially want to welcome you. And just to say thank you so much for taking time out on your Sunday or whatever day you're watching the service, we want us to say thank you so much. If you could go to mythrive.info and touch the word or touch the button new to Thrive. There, we'd love to connect you with your very own Thrive Church stainless steel water bottle. Just say thanks so much for joining us here at Thrive Church Online today. You are our VIP. In fact, we've got a saying here at Thrive, which is that welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, in your chat rooms right now, if you're sitting beside someone, a neighbor beside you, we just welcome another to the house of God today. If you're sitting beside someone, give them a high five, a handshake, a warm hug, or an air five, a high five, an air hand shake an air hug whatever's appropriate let's welcome one another to church on this very special day you guys are a beautiful church inside and out and we are so glad to be here with each and every one of you we're into december people and right now because it's december that just means christmas is a few weeks away and we are so excited for christmas and one thing i want to let you know we let you know about it last week but i want to let you know again on saturday december 19 we got something super special for all the kids it's called santa's workshop and this is going to be 
an amazing opportunity for you to invite friends that you know, maybe they've got young kids ages 3 to 11 for a, a, a celebration on Zoom. It's a virtual celebration where they're going to sing Christmas carols, they're going to do crafts, they're going to get to meet Santa, even get a photo with Santa, and it's going to be an amazing way all online to celebrate Christmas together. And so I want to encourage all the parents in this place, if you've got young children ages 3 to 11, to sign up your kids for Santa's workshop, and don't stop there. I encourage you to go and invite your friends, people with young kids, 3 to 11, and invite them to Santa's workshop. It's going to be an amazing time, a really safe, really fun way to introduce God's love and God's hope to people in our city who might not already have a church home. It's going to be an amazing time to celebrate Christmas together. To your neighbor and say, I'm excited for Santa's workshop. I'm excited for Santa's workshop. It's going to be so much fun. In fact, we're already inviting our friends, you know, in our own circle, our own social circle, and it's been great to see a lot of them saying, yes, we're going to be there. We can't wait to see them, and we can't wait to see you there, too. Another thing that's happening very, very soon, the next day after Santa's workshop, it's Sunday, December 20. It's one of the biggest Sundays of the year for us here at Thrive Church. It's our Christmas services. Praise God. We can't wait for our Christmas services on December the 20th. We're going to be having four services that day, 9.30 a.m., 11.30 a.m., 2.30 p.m., 7.30 p.m., all Pacific time. And for more on that, let's check out this video together right now. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening in the lane? Snow is glistening, a beautiful sight. We're happy tonight, walking in a winter wonderland. Pastor JB, what are you doing? Hi, Pastor Char. Guess what? I know every Christmas you love going to the mall to take pictures with Santa. I know we can't do that this year. So I thought I'd bring Santa to you. Look at this guy, he's huge. Oh my goodness. Sit on his lap. You know, JB, that is so sweet and so thoughtful of you. And, and, and before I do that, here's the thing. I know that every single year, you really look forward to seeing the Christmas singing tree. And this year, I'm sorry, but we're not able to do that. But you, but you know what? It's okay. It's okay. See, here's the thing. I thought I would bring the Christmas tree to you. And this tree, it doesn't sing, but it dances. This Christmas, are there a bunch of things that you wish you could do, but you just can't do? Things that you're used to doing, but you just can't do right now? Well, I wanna tell you, there is something you can do to celebrate Christmas with your family and friends this year that's really, really special. That is right, because on December 20th, Sunday, Thrive Church will be hosting four online services, and that's gonna be happening at 9.30 a.m., 11.30 a.m., 2.30 p.m., and 7.30 p.m., and it's going to be spectacular. That's right, it just might be the most meaningful way you celebrate Christmas this year, so we want invite you to invite your family members, your friends, your neighbors to tune in to our Thrive Church Christmas services on December 20. You don't want to miss it. We can't wait to host you. Have a very Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Praise God. Can we give God a big hand for that video? Praise God. We're so excited for Christmas. Would you turn your neighbors and say, I can't wait for Christmas. 
I can't wait for Christmas. And this is our opportunity as a church for us to go and to invite people to come to church. You're going to find that Christmas is a time when people are more open to going to church than at any other time of the year. And so I want to encourage you to make the most of that opportunity. The fact is, this Christmas is going to be different for every single person on this planet than it's than, than any other Christmas we've ever had. And we want to make the most of this opportunity. We want to take the opportunity to, to reach out to as many people as we can, your coworkers, your classmates, your friends, your neighbors, and let's make the most of this opportunity to share God God's love and invite them to our Christmas service. Can you do that? Can you turn your and say, I'm going to invite my friends. I'm going to invite my friends. I encourage you to invite all of your friends to come and be part of our Christmas services on December 20th. And with that in mind, since we're in the season of Advent, we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. You know, it's a, con- it's a contemplative time. It's a time when we you know, reflect on what Jesus Christ has done and, and, and who he is. But it's also a practical time. It's a time where we can get really active in, in sharing the hope we have in Jesus. And so with that in mind, can I ask you to do one really simple thing? One really simple thing. I call this putting up the lights. And I don't know if you've got Christmas lights in your home, either inside your home or outside your home. I love, you know, going down streets and seeing the Christmas lights. We're going to do the same in a virtual way right now. Can we do that together right now? What do I mean by putting up the Christmas lights? The fact is Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. The fact is when you shine your light, it makes a difference in the lives of other people. When you speak an encouraging word, it makes a difference in the lives of other people. And that is so needed in this world today and it's on, on social media especially. And so with that in mind, since we're going to have a ton of visitors, come to visit Thrive Church's website. Come to visit our Facebook page, our Instagram page. If you have access to Facebook or Instagram today, if you have access to Google, can I ask you to do one thing right now? We're all going to take one minute real quick. For those who call Thrive Church your home church, you want to do this with me right now. We're going to put up some lights. I want to invite you to go and give a review on Google or give a review on Facebook or go to Facebook and go to our Facebook Thrive Facebook account and just like all the posts that you see or look at the Instagram page like all the posts that you see because when you do that you show the world that something great is going on here at Thrive Church. Amen. Amen. I know we've got our own Facebook online community where you've got a lot of people there who are engaging and all that stuff. The world has no idea how much you love your church. The world has no idea how engaged and united you guys are and it's time to show them here in Christmas and so I want to encourage you to do that right now. Just take one minute even as I'm talking take one minute just to go and do one of those things. Maybe write a review or go onto our Facebook page and like a post. Go and uh, go, go to Instagram. Like everything that you see there and let's put up the lights so that people can see from outside of the house just how warm and welcoming our church really is, how much we love Jesus, how much we love one another. Praise God, the best is yet to come. Amen? Amen. Why don't you take a minute to do that right now. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? Are you going on? Are you, are you, are you using your phone there? Yeah, are you? Yeah. Do it, do it, do it, yeah, do, do, do it right now. Awesome. You guys are amazing. Going to give you just a little minute to do that. And at the same time, I want to let you know that at the end of today's service, we're doing something very, very special. It's a chance for us to remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us with something called communion. And communion is when I'm going to invite all of you who've trusted Jesus as your Savior to grab a couple things from your kitchen. If you want to grab a piece of bread, 
And uh, this represents the body that Jesus broke on the cross for us. And you can grab a cup and we use grape juice here at Thrive to represent the blood that Jesus shed for us. You want to grab that. If you don't have grape juice, that's okay. Just whatever you else you can find in the home to use as we intentionally remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We're going to be doing communion together at the end of our service today. And we can't wait to just, uh, just to worship God through a chance to remember Jesus through communion. And so that's at the end of our service today. Did you guys bring your Bibles today? Did you guys bring your Bibles? Why don't you grab your Bibles right now? Maybe yours is a paper Bible like mine. Maybe there's a phone that you downloaded the Bible into. Either way is cool. Why don't you hold it up like this in the air right now? This is a fun way for us to get our hearts ready for the message together. And so why don't you say this in a big, loud voice with me right now? We're going to say this together right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Praise God. Hey, by the way, if you are new to church, if you've never been to a church before, you're new to the Bible, you're kind of just exploring issues of faith, or you know, curious about Christianity, curious about Jesus, then we are so thrilled that you're here. We hope that you find that Thrive Church is a safe place for you, a place where you can just be yourself, a place where you can find some community, a place where you can find hope and encouragement to help you as you begin this brand new week. And so with that in mind, you might even want to go to mythrive.info, and there at mythrive.info, you'll find a whole bunch of next steps that you can take. If there's questions that we can help you with, you know, if there's you know something that we can help you with, there's a prayer request that you have. It's all there for us uh, to serve you. And so, if there's any way we can serve you at all, please let us know. It is so great to have you here. Turn neighbor and say, "It's so great to have you here. So great to have you here." Praise God. Well, we've been doing a series here at Thrive. It's called Financially Fit. And this series is about money management. If you missed the first two episodes of our Financially Fit series, episode one, episode two, then you can go to our Thrive Church Vancouver podcast or to our our, our YouTube page. And we're going to be doing episode three of our Financially Fit series next week on December the 13th. You don't want to miss it. Encourage you to be there for that. But today is extra special because we're taking a bit of a break from our money management series, Financially Fit, to get ourselves ready for this coming Christmas. And so uh, with that in mind, I am here to let you know we are so incredibly blessed today because we have someone super special to bring the message and you do not want to miss this moment. Uh, Here at Thrive, we've got a preaching school and one of our very best students is here to bring the message to us today. You're going to be so encouraged and so blessed and so inspired by her message today. Yeah, and, and, and I just want to, I'm so excited to introduce you to her, uh, introduce her to you right now. Would you please give a warm, big, thrive welcome to the one, the only, the beautiful, the brilliant Marcy Mazzario. Let's give her a big hand and welcome her to the stage today. Praise God. All right. Good morning, Thrive Church. It is always such a joy and such an honor for me to be able to spend a Sunday morning or whenever you're watching this or listening to this, just to spend some time with you, especially in this season of Christmas. It's so beautifully decorated. I love it. Our house has actually been in Christmas mode since early November because why not? 2020 has been a year where some rules went out the window and some things were turned inside out. 
So as a way to bring a little joy and a little comfort into my home, as a way to give us something to look forward to, we decided to decorate the Christmas or our house for Christmas early. I wasn't alone in doing this because I saw a ton of Instagram posts, you guys know who you are, of all of you who decorated early too. And I cheer each and every one of you on. Some radio stations even started playing their Christmas carols early and I was all for it. There's just something about the Christmas season that just makes us a lot cheer, more cheerful. But before I could bring any of those decorations out, I felt I really needed to do a deep clean of my home. There was so much clutter with two kids and full-time jobs. There was stuff everywhere on the toy boxes, uh, on the surfaces, just action figures, cars, art supply, books, chargers, you name it. And I could not add one more thing to that clutter, especially not something as special as Christmas decorations. So I got down on my hands and knees and I started putting everything back where it needed to go. I scrubbed the floors, those baseboards that had gotten so dusty. I rearranged the furniture. I steamed them off the floors. And once I felt like the space was ready, I brought out my Christmas decorations and put them all up. And I don't share this with you because I want you guys to think that I'm some sort of uh, clutter queen. Mom, you didn't raise a messy Marcy, don't worry. But as I was down on my hands and knees, I started to ask myself how I let this clutter get so bad. Like I had been too busy and I just let stuff hang out where it didn't belong. And I asked myself why I wasn't more diligent about scrubbing those baseboards and and the floors more often. You know, the, the questions that keep adults up at night. But what happened in my home the last few months is I just didn't have the time or the energy to clean as much as possible. And then it hit me. I had become so used to this clutter and this mess that I didn't even notice. Do you know that your heart can also become cluttered and messy without you noticing? What do, you, what do I mean by this? Well, let's, let's look at 2020. No one could have predicted or expected a year like this. We've seen more illness, grief, loneliness, fear, division, uncertainty, more than ever. It's been physically and emotionally exhausting. You turn on the news, or the blues, as my eight-year-old calls it, and you are immediately just bombarded with COVID case counts, lockdown measures, political turmoil, uh, racist incidents, divisive words, and you just can't help but feel discouraged. Our minds are just overcrowded with all of this news and information, and our hearts are just overcrowded with all of these concerns. And maybe you've left some stuff hang out in your heart that doesn't belong. You've let the clutter of the state of the world take over the valuable space in your heart. How do you know if you have a cluttered heart? You want to take a quiz with me this morning? Give yourself a point for any of the following symptoms. You feel numb to current events. You constantly feel exhausted. You're having trouble sleeping. You're constantly irritated, a.k.a. you're acting like a jerk. You find yourself unable to focus, and you're finding it difficult to find joy in your circumstances. If you've answered yes to any of these symptoms, congratulations. You're not alone. There's no shame for having a bad day or a negative moment. But do we just keep living in this state of clutter and slap on a Santa hat and get the holidays over with? 
We can, but that's not the healthiest way to live, especially when God has something better for us. So how about this morning, we spend some time learning ways to clean out the clutter in our heart and prepare room for God, especially as we head into the Christmas season. Let's look at three examples from the Gospel of Luke of people who are going through situations that they didn't expect or plan for, where the circumstances of their lives were outside of their control. Does that sound at all familiar to what we've lived in 2020? And yet, in each of these examples, we see how these people prepared room for God to be glorified, and they received the joy that God wants for each of us. Now more than ever, joy is still possible and hope is still available. So let's get ready this morning for a message that I've titled, Let Every Heart Prepare Him Room. So let's start today by looking at a very well-known and very essential person in the story of the birth of Jesus. If this is your first time in, or if you're new to Thrive Church, I want to especially welcome you. If you're here today because 2020 has made you question so many things and you're looking to explore the Bible and you don't know where to begin, the story of the birth of Jesus is a great place to start. There's a reason that Christmas is still celebrated, and it's such a special time for so many of us. It's the story of God keeping his promises to us through the life of Jesus. So let's take a look. Let's go to Luke 1.26. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So, what do we know about Mary? Not too much. We know that she lived in a town called Nazareth. The Bible describes Mary as someone who is engaged to be Mary, and likely Mary was very, very young. Or maybe not too young, who knows. <laughs> but I love reading the Bible and imagining what everyday life was like for these characters because it just it helps me relate and understand why God would leave these stories in the Bible for us. So in this passage, I can imagine that Mary had some plans for her future. She was about to be married to start her life with her new husband. Maybe she was planning a wedding. Maybe she was making plans to move into a new home, maybe thinking of having a family down the road. The Bible doesn't really say what Mary was up to up to or what Mary was doing up to this point, but what we do know is that Mary wasn't expecting an angel from God to come down from heaven. Not only was she not expecting this angel, she definitely was not expecting the message that the angel had for her. Let's look at verse 29 again. It says, Mary was greatly troubled by his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Mary was greatly troubled. In other translations, it says Mary was perplexed, meaning filled with uncertainty at the words of the angel. The passage goes on to say in verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. 
What was Mary's response to this huge, life-changing message? Was Mary like, okay, cool, sounds good, thanks? No, her response was in verse 34, how will this be since I am a virgin? Kids, if you're watching, a virgin means a young woman who is not yet married, but old enough to be married. Your parents can explain this to you after service. So we see this process that Mary's going through with this unexpected news and change that God brought into her life. We see her going from being perplexed, troubled by the sudden appearance of the angel, to asking the practical question, how? My girl Mary is a realist, and the question is a completely valid response. The angel explains how this is going to happen. Verse 35, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. After hearing this, Mary responds as follows in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. So we see how Mary goes from being troubled to asking how, which is a legitimate response to an unexpected event, to then responding to this message by having faith and believing his word. Was Mary out there looking for an angel to appear to her with news like this? No. Was being the mother of Jesus, the promised Messiah, the Son of God, in her goals or her vision board for the year? Probably not. And just like many of us who had their plans interrupted this year by something outside of our control, Mary was facing the situation that she never expected. But what seems like an interruption in our plans is never an interruption for God. Now, I want to make it clear, I'm not trying to compare COVID-19 with the birth of Jesus. But what I do want to do is just draw some parallels with how Mary responded to this situation with how we respond in this season. I know there have been many of us who had an idea of what our 2020 was going to look like. We had plans for our lives, our careers, our family, our school. We had big celebrations planned, weddings, graduations, anniversaries, and we're, we were unable to celebrate any of these events the way we intended to. How did we react? Were we troubled? Perplexed, angry, frustrated, all of the above? Yeah, we're allowed to be, just like Mary. Are we allowed to ask questions? Of course, just like Mary. But here is the kicker. Here is what made the difference. Mary goes from being troubled to asking how to then trusting God and his word spoken by the angel. Many of us, and I say us because I am the president and CEO of this club, we, we get stuck in the cycle of being troubled by our situation and we ask, how? How is this going to work out, God? How is this going to be working for my good? How, how, how? And we never move from asking how to trusting God and his word. Let's look at Mary's reply again in verse 38. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And what word was she referring to? Well, let's go back and look at the way the angel greeted her in verse 28. He says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
And again, in the middle of verse 29, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Underline that word, favor. The angel says it to Mary twice. Mary heard this and resolved to trust God's word for her. The angel also says to her in verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. So what is this favor that Mary trusted and how do we get some? The best definition of the word favor that I could find is demonstrated delight. The favor of God is described as tangible evidence that a person has the approval of the Lord. Think about who you favor in your life. Is it someone in your family, one of your friends? Do you have a favorite coworker? When you favor someone, you want to be with them. You love hanging out with them. You're always mindful of the things that are happening in their lives. And we connect with them in a way that we don't connect with everyone. To have God's favor means that God likes spending time with us. He is mindful of us. He is aware of what's going on in our lives. But notice, it doesn't mean that when you have the Lord's favor, you're never going to face hard times. Mary had the Lord's favor, and she faced being unwed and pregnant, a huge scandal in her time. And the Bible is full of examples of people who had the Lord's favor, but they also faced tough times. We see heroes of the Bible like Noah and Moses, Daniel, even God's own son Jesus facing these impossible situations. Having God's favor means that we get to face these situations with the confidence that God is not just good because of what he does for us, but who he is to us. Let's look at Exodus 34, 6. It says, Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in faithfulness and truth. This verse, it's the first description of God's character, of who God is, we find in the Bible. And we learn that everything God does is an expression of his character. He's compassionate, full of grace, patience, loyal, faithful. And since that is his character, to trust in him means that knowing whatever situation we face, God responds with compassion, with mercy, and with love. To trust God means that even though we're walking through something that might feel like the valley of the shadow of death, we know that he is with us as our closest friend, who he favors. So when Mary chose to believe in the word that God had brought to her, she prepared room in her heart for God's plan by responding in faith. Even if her circumstances were outside of her control, even when Mary faced the unexpected, she chose to keep trusting God's word and the favor of God over her life. To trust in the favor of God led to what we know as the most important birth, the joyful birth of Jesus, a king with an everlasting kingdom. Praise God. So how do we, in the year of our Lord, 2020, prepare room for God like Mary? Like Mary, we've learned that circumstances can change instantly and some things will be out of our control. And despite how quickly things change, we can prepare room for God in our hearts by choosing to trust in God's word. God is not only good when he does what we want him to do. God is good because he is who he says he is. A hard situation 
doesn't change who God is. An inconvenient moment for us doesn't change who God is. Part of choosing to trust God and his word means spending time in the word. We can say we believe in the Bible, but how do you know what's in it if you don't read it? You might be thinking, wow, Marcy, this is really, really basic. I get it. I read my Bible every Sunday. But what about the other days of the week? Aren't you glad that God doesn't want to spend time with us only on Sundays? He wants a daily relationship with us. He wants us to learn who he is. So many times we want to have God speak to us, but we don't even know what he sounds like because our Bibles are closed. Prepare room for God in this season by having that daily habit of reading God's word, even if it is just a little at a time. Mary had this three-step process. Step one, she was troubled. Step two, she asked questions, and she got her answer from God's word through the angel. And step three, she trusted God's word. Is there a clutter in your heart that is keeping you stuck on step one? Don't get stuck on step one. Don't get stuck on step two. Go to step three and trust the word that God has spoken over your life. Does it take some time to go from step one to step two to step three? Yes, we all process things differently, and it's okay to take your time, but don't stay stuck in that clutter. Prepare room for God to, and trust God's word for you. I love what the angel says again in verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. God will never fail you. Praise God for that. The second example that we're going to look at today is someone who gets a semi-shout out in Luke. Someone, if you read the Bible too fast, you're going to miss completely. Let's go to Luke verse or Luke chapter 2, verse 7. It says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. Who are we talking about? Did you catch it? Let's discuss the person who told Mary that there was no room at the inn, the innkeeper. Can you imagine going down in history and you're forever known as the innkeeper who had no room? Many of us can look at this and say, oh, that would never be me. I would never turn Jesus away. But let's cut the innkeeper some slack here today. And let's imagine what their day must have looked like. To get the place ready, um, they, they clearly you know, knew that a lot of people would be traveling, so they probably spent their day scrubbing the floors, dusting the baseboards, removing the clutter. That sounds very, very familiar to me, actually. But this person was probably so consumed in the things that needed to get done. They were running a business. They're trying to provide for their family. Maybe they turned into our Financially Fit series, which resumes next week, by the way, and they were working towards some financial goals. The innkeeper had a successful business, clearly, since all the rooms were fully occupied. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it came time for the most important guest of all time, they were too busy to notice and maybe too tired to care. What can we learn from this? How does this apply to us? Well, it seems like nowadays we wear our busyness as this badge of honor we glamorize being busy. We ask someone, hey, how you been? And the answer, oh my gosh, so busy. If this hasn't been you in this season, pay attention because the busyness of life will creep up on you any minute. 
And while God wants us to be productive and fruitful, yes, God also gives us the gift of rest. Say rest. God knows how important it is for us to find time to rest. I read this quote and it stuck with me. It says, if the devil cannot make us bad, he will make us busy. Sometimes the busyness of our lives stops us from giving God the room that he deserves and sometimes distracts us from even recognizing when he's knocking at the door. We get distracted with our to-do lists and we end up filling our hearts with things that don't belong. And at the end of the day, all we have left for Jesus is maybe the stable. All we have left for Jesus is our leftovers. Or we just say, sorry, there's no room for you here. Are we too busy to notice and sometimes too tired to care? He knocks at the door of our heart and we invite him in only on Sunday mornings or a quick prayer before bed or a quick glance at the game time for today. How did the innkeeper prepare room for Jesus? The simple answer is they didn't. They were too busy. This season, you can decide how much room you want to prepare for God by choosing to rest. Rest is biblical. Rest is the fourth commandment in the Ten Commandments. God says in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 9, he says, Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to your Lord God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male or female servant, not your animals or nor any foreign residing in your towns. Resting is not as easy as it sounds for some of us who are always used to being go, 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 go. I struggle with this idea of resting like I should be doing something right now. Resting just doesn't come naturally. I tend to tie up my worth and how busy I am. And we're living in this high-functioning state all the time. And on the outside, everything looks fine. But on the inside, we're tired and we're depleted. God gives us this wonderful gift of a Sabbath, a moment that we can take to rest and reflect. About a year ago, our family adopted this idea of a Sabbath. We called it Family Fridays. To give you an idea of what our Friday Sabbath looks like, we ordered takeout for dinner. We sit down together and and we share our favorite parts of the week. And we intentionally spend time with one another. We play board games or we watch a movie or we play Mario Kart exactly like they did in the Old Testament. Just kidding, just kidding. I also use that time to unplug from all social media. I don't look at my phone. I don't answer emails, text messages, of course, unless it's an emergency. And instead, I take some time to fill up my soul with laughing with my kids, with having dance parties in my living room. I read, I listen to good podcasts, and I take some time to fill up our home with worship music. It's not crazy, spiritual, and super traditional, and it doesn't look the same every week, but taking this moment to just rest and unplug from the world is crucial. I didn't realize how much of a difference this made until a couple of weeks ago when I needed to uh, keep up with the outcome of a certain election. I had to keep up with the news and I needed to hear the live commentary, and it was this horrible cycle of, of doom scrolling. Do any of you guys do that? 
Yes, doom scrolling, it's a thing. It's actually defined in the Merriam-Webster dictionary as the tendency to continue to scroll through bad news, even though that news is saddening, disheartening, or depressing. I felt I needed to read all the comments, and I ended up getting so worked up and upset at the way people were speaking to each other that I've actually decided that the comment section of any social media post are no longer my business. And I'm going to share that with you today as a piece of wisdom. Say it with me. The comment section are none of my business. The lack of rest, it, it made me moody. I was unable to focus on the things that were important. My heart was full of the wrong things because I chose not to rest and fill myself up with God. I gave Jesus less than he deserved, and instead of feeling full of hope, I was full of worry and hurt. Is there something cluttering your heart today that is keeping you too busy to rest? Matthew 11.28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you want to hear from God this season, you have to make a choice to turn down the volume on the voices of other people and make time to rest and hear from God. And maybe that's a small silver lining to this socially distant season that there are less people to visit and less parties to attend and less rushing around and more time to rest. Is there something keeping you too busy from giving God the best room in your heart? Spend some time this season clearing out that clutter. Prepare room for God by resting. It's okay not to be busy. Your worth is not tied up in your productivity. Your worth is tied up in Jesus who gives you the gift of rest. It's okay to rest so that when God knocks on the door of our heart, we aren't too busy to notice and we give him the room that he deserves. Praise God. My last example for today is my friends, I call them my friends, the shepherds. Let's go to Luke uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. <clears throat> and there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Let's go back to imagining what everyday life was like for these shepherds. The verse we read states that these shepherds were working in the fields. Their job was to watch the sheep and keep them safe. The shepherds led the sheep to places where they could eat, drink water. They worked in really tough terrain. They had unexpected storms. They had to be awake and alert all night in case of any predators. They probably were not dressed in Gucci, and they worked outside all day, so they probably didn't smell amazing. Suddenly, an angel appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And of course, they were terrified. Wouldn't you be? Verse 10 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Have you ever wondered why the Lord sent um, the angel to announce the birth of Jesus to the shepherds in the middle of nowhere instead of to the priests at the temple or the royal courts or the power of government. I mean, to give you some context, when Prince William of the British royal family announced the birth of his children, it was all over the news. Major TV news crews were outside of that hospital hoping to catch a glimpse of this royal baby and hear Jesus, the king of kings, is born, and the 
the announcement goes out to these simple shepherds in the middle of the night while they were just doing their job. The shepherds were not out looking for an angel. It wasn't on their to-do list for the day. But as crazy and unexpected as it was for the shepherds to be in this situation, it wasn't a mistake that the angel made that greatest proclamation of a savior being born to them and not the priests and the government officials. Priests and the religious scholars of the time may have been too wrapped up in their religiosity to maybe even believe that the king of kings was waiting for them in a stable. Or maybe they would have loved this news and kept it a great secret and only sold it to a select few to gain power and influence. Thank God that he made this huge announcement of hope for all people to the shepherds, the dirty, smelly, tired people who had no influence, no huge following, nothing to offer God, were chosen by God to hear the most amazing announcement. Imagine how humbled and how honored they felt. Sometimes we feel like we don't have enough power or influence in this world, and we can feel like we have nothing to bring the Savior God. But God makes no mistake when he announces to us in verse 10, do not be afraid for look, I proclaim you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, a savior who is Messiah the Lord was born for you in the city of David. From the very beginning, Jesus came into the world and he shifted those power dynamics that had dominated the culture for so many years, where only the religious few felt like they were worthy enough to hear from God, where only the religious few felt they understood God's word and they used that word to oppress and ignore the very people who needed God the most. God, at that moment, he broke this 400-year silence to proclaim that a king is born that would build bridges with the marginalized, with the sick, with the weak, with the oppressed, and the poor. He did not come exclusively for the religious people or the most powerful, influential people. Jesus was not born for the perfectly put-together people. He came for the people who needed him the most, like you and like me. He announces to us this great news of great joy that a Savior has been born. And why is this so important? Why do we need a Savior? What do we need saving from? I don't know about y'all, but I know I'm not perfect. I know that I fail daily, and I can never measure up to the standard of holiness that God requires because He is perfect and He is holy But Jesus came to bridge that gap. He takes on our guilt and our sins. He paid the price for each one of us by dying on the cross. He pays that debt that we owe God for our sins. And when God sees us, he no longer sees our sins. He sees Jesus who took our place. Look at what the shepherds did next. Verse 16, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So what can we learn from the shepherds? How did the shepherds prepare room for God in their hearts? 
they realize that God will use you exactly where you are to bring good news of great joy for all the people. Despite finding themselves in the middle of that field, they spread that word immediately. The good news that Jesus had been born for people like you and like me, people who were broken, who were wounded, who were hurting, they felt this urgency to share the good news of Jesus' birth with everyone. Sometimes we think that in order to share the gospel, we have to be in some sort of position of power and influence because otherwise people won't listen to us. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. Or sometimes we're complacent and we say, well, what's the point of sharing the gospel with anyone? No one's going to listen to me. I'm just a mom. I'm just a student. I'm just a whatever. Fill in the blank. Church, you are not just anything. You are a child of God who has been given the keys to the kingdom of God because of Jesus. And if God can use these shepherds and, and trust them with an announcement this big, then what makes you think that he can't use you exactly where you are? You want to be a leader in God's kingdom? Awesome. Serve him where you are. Here's some real talk. True leaders are not formed on the mountaintop for everyone to see. True leaders are formed in the valleys, in the middle of the night in that field where the terrain is tough, through the storms where your sheep keep you awake. The shepherds did not sit on an announcement this big until they had more followers or more friends on Facebook. Don't wait to share the good news until you feel like you have more influence. Share it now. Prepare room in your, God, in your heart to serve God wherever you are, and God will meet you there. Live for a purpose bigger than yourself, knowing that you have the keys to the kingdom. Can I encourage you to step out in faith and personally invite someone to our Christmas services happening December 20th? Share it on your social media. We love that. But take it a step further and personally invite someone to church this year. COVID is not an excuse not to serve God. COVID is not an excuse to not share the good news of great joy for all people. You know, back in June of this year, I got an email from the Thrive team with some contact information for someone who attended our online service for the first time, a first-time guest, a VIP. I reached out to her, and we ended up chatting on the phone for an hour. She shared how she had just moved to the area, and she was looking for a church and a community. She continued sharing that her husband spoke another language, and sometimes things tend to get lost in translation. I said, no problem. We have plenty of Mandarin-speaking people at our church. But as it happens, her husband speaks Spanish and not Mandarin. As it happens, I speak Spanish and not Mandarin too. How strategic of God to connect us. I could have just left it at an email. I could have just left it at a phone call. But I made the choice to serve God where I was, and we made plans to grab a bubble tea and go for a walk. We continued chatting, and eventually she joined our small group. And in the middle of COVID, I made that decision to serve God and share the good news of great joy and trust that God could use that for his glory, and he did. My new friend just recently got baptized and is now happily serving in our church. Praise God. This morning, is there something cluttering your heart and keeping you from serving God or sharing the good news right now? Is that clutter from feeling like you aren't enough, that you don't have enough influence or power for people to hear the good news? 
make room for God by serving him where you are and watch how God uses that for his glory. Serve God where you are because God gives you a purpose bigger than just yourself when he announces to you the good news of great joy for all people. This Christmas, it will undoubtedly look different from prior Christmases. It may be difficult for us to enjoy without our usual traditions and our gatherings and our celebrations, but I challenge you to look at it as an opportunity to prepare more room for God, to give God more space in your heart and just really invite him into your Christmas and celebrate the joy and the peace that he has promised us, the good news of great joy. Let's prepare room in our hearts like Mary did by choosing to trust God's word for our lives. Let's prepare room in our hearts for God by choosing to rest. And finally, let's prepare room in our hearts to serve God wherever we are, knowing that God will meet us there. Our church's theme for this year is contagious hope. And we believe that hope is not just a feeling. Hope is a person and his name is Jesus. This Christmas season, let us put our hope not in the news or in the government, but in Jesus. May we prepare room in our hearts by removing that clutter and that junk that doesn't belong and experience the joy and the hope that God has promised us. The last verse of the day, one of my favorites, Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As the music continues to play, I want to pray for two groups of people. The first group of people I want to pray for are those of you who are here for the first time and maybe you've never heard the good news of Jesus being born. Born in the humblest of circumstances so that you and I could call him our savior. So that you and I would no longer be separated from God because of our sins and our shortcomings. But through Jesus, we, we receive God's favor and his forgiveness. As innocent as Jesus was lying in that manger, he was just as innocent when he hung on that cross for you and for me. He took on our sins to give us a new life. Maybe you've never made room for Jesus in your heart and you want to give him this moment. If that's you, pray with me by repeating these words. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to earth for me. Thank you for leaving your place in heaven to give me eternal life. Today, I open up my heart so that you may come in and forgive me of my sins. Today, I make room in my heart so that you may fill it. So fill it with your hope and joy. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. The second group of people I want to pray for is those of us who realize that it is time to clear that clutter and make room for Jesus. Pray with me, dear Jesus, thank you for this Christmas season. Thank you for reminding me that you are the reason for this season. I pray that you help me remove the clutter. I pray that you help me trust in your word. Help me trust that your favor is with me. Help me see this Christmas as an opportunity, an opportunity to seek you, 
an opportunity to rest in you and give you the room that you deserve. I pray that I may serve you right where I am so that you may be glorified. I want to receive the hope and the joy that you've promised me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take a moment to worship with the Thrive team and we'll participate in communion right after. Praise God.
Marcy, for that powerful message. You know, this season, as we lead up to the celebration of Jesus' birth at Christmas, we call that Advent. And it's a time where we expectantly wait and we expectantly prepare our hearts. And I couldn't think of a better message to bring to you guys today as we get our hearts ready to celebrate Christmas in just a couple weeks. And if, by the way, you prayed that prayer at the end of Marcy's message to receive Jesus Christ into your life, congratulations. That is a brand new start, the Bible says, that you're forgiven of your sins, you're a child of God, you're a citizen of heaven, even just by praying that prayer just now, if you meant that from your heart. And the fact is, if you did pray that prayer, we want to encourage you. If you want to go and text the word BELIEVE to 604-285-5770, or you can touch the, uh, the button that's on your chat room right there that says, I commit my life to Jesus. There's an encouraging resource we want to give to you just to help you unpack that powerful prayer that you just prayed and encourage you in this new relationship with God. Can we give all of our friends and just give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Praise God. One more thing we're going to do, speaking of preparing our hearts, and if you, in fact, just prayed that prayer just a few moments ago, then you're in on this as well. I want to invite you to do this as well. We're going to do something called communion right here, right now. Communion is a time where we remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, how he died on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. And with that in mind right now, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to encourage you to grab you know, a piece of bread, which represents the body that Jesus broke on the cross for us, I want you to dip it into the cup that you have, which represents the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. Because on the night that Jesus betrayed, Jesus took bread. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the same way after supper, he took a cup. He said, this cup represents my blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of many people's sins. Let's drink this in remembrance of him. So let's do that together right now, just with a thankful heart. Let's just take this cup. Let's take this bread in thankful remembrance of all that Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. Let's do that together right now.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so very much that when we had no way of reaching for you, you didn't give up, but you reached for us by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you so much that there's nothing that we could do to ever make you love us more. And there's nothing that we've done that'll ever make you close the door. That you're a God who loves us with an unconditional love, which you displayed in the most amazing way when Jesus died on the cross for us. We recognize today that you didn't just give Jesus for us, but you gave Jesus for our entire world, for every single person on this planet. We also recognize that there's people in our lives that may have not heard the message that Jesus died for them, who might not know your love personally, and we pray for them today. We pray for those that we want to invite to our Christmas services, that we want to invite to come to church this coming Christmas. We pray for them, that God, that we would just be bold and passionate and not afraid to share what you've done with those in our lives and invite them to be part of what we're doing this Christmas so that they can experience a contagious hope. We thank you so much today that because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and he rose again from the grave, the best is yet to come. And so with that in mind, we pray all of your blessing, your peace, your protection, your presence, your provision, your healing, strength, comfort, faith, wisdom, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. Thank you. In the beautiful, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can we give God another big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Let's thank God for a great day together. That's it for us here at Thrive Church Online. We'll see you guys next week for episode three of our Financially Fit series. Don't forget to, to invite your friends to our Christmas services, to Santa's workshop. Go to mythought.info for more info on all of that. And we'll see you guys next week. Have an amazing start to your brand new week, everybody. Mwah. God loves you. We love you. Praise God. The best is yet to come. Have a great week, everybody. See you really soon. Thank you, Marcy, for your powerful message today. All right, let's jump into some announcements. Once again, if this is your first time visiting us, let us know by texting NEW to 604-285-5770 and we'll mail you your very own Thrive Stainless Steel water bottle. Check it out by clicking the link in the chat room or by visiting mythrive.info. All right, if you made the decision to receive Jesus Christ today, congratulations. Let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770. We have prepared gift that includes a series of videos that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. It'll be mailed right to your door and we hope that'll guide you on the right path to follow Jesus. Also, if you'd like to get baptized or find out more about baptism, go to mythrive.info slash baptism. We have something very, very, very exciting coming up. Santa is coming to Thrive Church online and hosting a Santa's workshop on Zoom. It's going to be the coolest virtual Christmas celebration for kids ages 3 to 11. On Saturday, December 19th from 1 to 2 p.m., join Santa and his elves for a whimsical time playing games, singing, hearing stories, and making crafts. And you get your very own photo with Santa. For more information and to sign up, please visit mythrive.info. We love for you to invite your friends and family to our online Christmas service to celebrate Christmas with us this year online. It'll be on Sunday, December 20th, and we'll have 
four services. Did I just hear that? Yes, four services at 9.30, 11.30, 2.30, and 7.30. You won't want to miss it and be sure to invite all of your friends and family. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at mythrive.info. I hope you all have a lovely Sunday morning and enjoy the rest of the week. Keep warm and I'll see you all next week right here at Thrive Church Online. Bye!